Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's taco about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. So it says we're live. Says we're live. What up, guys? Um, Welcome to Taco Tuesday. We have a special surprise guest here for you today. I kept it quiet because I wanted it to be a surprise. Um, Extra talking. We have have the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Temin in the flesh today. Um, What's up, everybody? So this is exciting, and I'm just making sure that – we're actually live in the group because sometimes StreamYard deceives me. And I think, yes, there we are. There We're we good. Are. We're good. Um, welcome to Taco Tuesday, guys. Hope everybody had a great 4th of July holiday weekend. Um, and as you can see, Glenn's beard is growing to the point where <laughs> it's any longer. <laughs> be a full-blown mountain man. And here we are. Here we are, Taco Tuesday. So, okay, Glenn. Let's let's see what tacos you got today for us. Are they homemade? The picture that you guys saw in the group today, that was the actual taco stand I went to. We have street tacos. I don't know if you guys can even really see. They are delectable, though. Let me tell you. And I'm just now getting into them. Awesome. I'm glad. I'm really glad Christian brought a guest today because I'm going to be so focused on eating. It's going to be like me eating, watching <laughs> You to converse, but no, Matt, I'm super excited to have you on today. What tacos? You said vegan? Did I hear vegan tacos so, so, today? Yeah, so these are tofu tacos. This is oh, what my tofu. staff wants. So every Tuesday, we buy this whole office tacos. Well, I do. I buy the whole ta- office tacos. And um, tofu. it's tofu tacos. Today, it was like 70 bucks, the tacos. I was Whoa, like, this is getting dollar. expensive. This is getting expensive. I'm like, you're going to have to cut your guys' pay. For this week, <laughs> next week's Taco Bell, right? Mm-hmm, they're yeah. right. Taco Bell is a reoccurring appearance on here. <laughs> do you have Do you have vegans in your office? I think my new video guy might be vegan. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. But someone said Matt is my fourth favorite agent from Springfield. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> it was Brian. Brian has- Oh, of course, well, right? Brian is my seventh favorite agent in Kansas. So, that, that makes sense. <laughs> so one thing that I wanted to talk about today was um, yeah. I wanted to ask a specific question of you Yeah. because my observation of you, I got to know you a little bit in Memphis, you know, got to connect a little bit. At your age, there are very few people that have done what you've been able to do in our space. What do you think differentiates you from the other 10,000 24 year old insurance agents out there that are just like 
you know, doing nothing or very doing very little? Um, so, you know, that's a, there's a lot of answers to that, but this is, it's a very flashy industry. Mm-hmm. You know, if you make, you make any money at all, you try to try to show people, at least that's what I've experienced. I mean, I did it when I first started, I <laughs> like, I thought I was balling my first month in the industry. So I went out and bought a car and did all, went on va- a ton of vacations and stuff. But, um, I would say if, one, one reason would be just investing back into the business. Like I pay myself a, a very small salary out of the business. Mm-hmm. That's what I live off of. And then everything else just goes back in. So I'm big on delaying gratification. Um, I think that's super important in any business, no matter what AGR, whether you're 24 or 42 or whatever, you need mm-hmm. to invest back into the business initially. Um, or it's just, it's never going to, you're going to be a salesperson your entire life if you never invest back in. If you want to build a business, you're going to have to invest, invest money. Um, and the number two would be just investing in mentorship. So any anytime there's a program, anytime there's a, a group, anytime there's an event, I try to be there. I can't be to everywhere, but, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the Medicare monster stuff and a lot of, yeah. you know, you went to Justin's behind the agency, Justin Brock's, um, you know, I'm going to that 8%, a lot of Cody asking stuff. Like I'm just trying to soak it all up yeah. and then specific mentorship from people in the industry, like the Medicare Bob's and that. So just investing in the business and seeking mentorship has, and just being consistent. Yeah. All it's really been for me. I love it. I mean, I think that there's, there's so much wisdom in that because it's delaying the gratification, which is really hard to do when you're 24. I've been a 24 year old insurance agent. I wasn't delaying gratification as well as you have, you know, like I was like, so when I was, when I first got in, I was 20 at age 21, I think I was making like five grand a month or something mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, I thought I was like on top of the world. And I like, I, I remember I took a month and I went with a friend of mine to Malaysia. Cost me a ton of money. Sure. And I spent a ton of money on this trip. Like I look back on that. I'm like, stupid, just dumb. You know, like I wish I had that understanding right from the get go. And I feel like guys like you guys, like Josh Lustick, you know, Cause he's, I think he's the same age, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, he's a little bit older. I have, I'm the younger guy. So okay, works okay. Out. He's, got the gray, he's got the gray hairs. I, I see him coming in. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's working too much. That's all it is. That's right. Getting up at 4am and taking ice cold showers and stuff. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like there are a lot of young agents, especially like in this group, you know, that, I mean, Glenn was a super, was super young when he started as an agent. Yeah. Like I feel like I mean, that mentality is lost on a lot of people. I think, I think one of the hardest things as an agent, and like I've talked about this before, but it's really like managing, managing the money, managing the finances, marketing budgets. Like, I feel like, you know, there's so many great courses out there. I would love to see a course like, you know, business basics, business 101, right? Like, you know, basic accounting, money management, because once you figure that out, it took me a long time. It took me years to, I feel like, to figure I'm kind of in the same boat, I'd say, as Christian, where I was like, you know, you got a bunch of money, you blow it. And then it's like, whoa, where'd all my money go? Like, you know, it takes, a, it, it takes a lot of discipline to do, you know, what you were just talking about doing, you know, saving money, reinvesting it, putting off that gratification. But um, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind, if you, if, if you can do that as an agent, as an investor, as a business owner, it's going to pay so many dividends down the road. Um, which, you know, I think first and foremost, you really want to pay yourself first, right? Moving forward. So I love that. Matt, I'd love to hear a little bit more about some of these accomplishments. I don't know you as well as Christian does. This is really one of our first times talking face to face like this. So I'd love to hear a bit more about your back, your backstory, 
you know, coming into the industry and, and kind of some of the accomplishments that you, you've already made so far? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I hate talking about myself, so it might be a little awkward. But, um, I, I started in the industry about three years ago when I'm 24 now. So I was 21 when I started, um, started out with a, a heavy life focused IMO. So I, uh, I got into mortgage protection and it, it was great. I mean, make, making money. I, I was having to travel like all over the place to get the leads I needed because that, that's direct mail. And in right. Springfield, Missouri, like you could get like three of these a month. So I was going to Milwaukee and Dallas and Omaha, Nebraska and Ohio, like all over the place to make Man. it happen. And, you know, selling selling a decent amount in the you know 30 to 40,000 a month range at the time and growing a little downline at, with the life, you know, we got to about a hundred thousand a month of issue paid as, as a group. And then like my first year I, I issued about three fifty in, in life. So, but as Medicare agents know, there's, there's no back end money. And um, with how we were selling the life insurance there, there was some rolled up debt and some things that, uh, that happened there. So when that happened, we, we were just looking at different avenues and Medicare is where we decided to go. So we started doing Medicare about a year and a half ago we'll be hitting, you know, our second AEP this year. And, you know, I have roughly about 85 um, agents that, that work with me on a downline basis. I have a couple staff in Springfield, Missouri. I have, I have a brick and mortar office and uh, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll probably be somewhere in like the 3000 Medicare Advantage enrollments this year, somewhere in that range. Nice. So just That's trying awesome. to grow. Uh, I'm actually up here um, in Utah, actually training agents. That's why I, I wasn't here just to see Christian. I mean, Christian's awesome. <laughs> he's, he's here to destroy Christian. I'm trying, That's to, what trying, he's, to, trying to put him out of business. That's what he's there for. He's, yeah. he's, he's here smiling in my face, but then during the day, he's it's like, funny. all right, so Christian's client is over on that corner right there. So yeah. let's go knock that door. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what, how did you know? Did, I've been watching you. I've been yeah, following right, you all day. Right, I don't have anything to do this time of year. No, this is a great market though. There's there's yeah. a ton of people and it seems like a ton of people need help here. So. Don't tell anybody. It's a great, I, I, mean, it's a terrible, I love terrible marketing market. Utah. It's horrible. Everybody, it's I love marketing Utah. So just, yeah, let's. Let's crank it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a special discount on all of Christian's leads. I'm just gonna resell <laughs> all of Christian's Utah leads and just be like, here you go, Matt. <laughs> Dude, I'll take them all. Any any clients <laughs> that we've sold with lead heroes are on sale for a dollar <laughs> <or> piece. <laughs> you know, Man, why am I losing? You so didn't see clients? it earlier. But I, I downloaded his CRM, so I already yeah. have all his clients. He slipped uh, he slipped he, he slipped yeah. into the supply room and like we still got old school file cabinets, so he was just pulling them out and really? taking pictures and of apps and it's great. It's great. We're HIPAA compliant, don't worry. But we just we just grabbed another three thousand clients. So it's pretty easy. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's hilarious. So I got a question for you. You talked about mentors. Yeah. Give me the three most important mentors you've had in your insurance business career. In insurance, um, Justin Brock. I mean, Justin, like I run a couple contracts through him, but he there's no reason he should help me out the way he does. And he just me too. Me he, too. He, he just does. You know, he he's a guy who's who's actively doing it. Like it's not someone right. who's maybe did it 20 years ago, but he's actively building the business. Um, so he's been a big mentor of mine in this business, you know, specifically. Another one would be Robert Bache, Medicare Bob. I mean, I love him. We got into Medicare Monsters, and that guy just kind of 
he just blows your mind with that stuff. And then number three would be Cody. Cody, I mean, yeah. Cody, Cody's office is a mile away from mine. That's in crazy. Springfield, so <laughs> yeah, uh, very close access. Like we'll go out, me and a couple guys and Landon and Cody will go play pickleball. And so it's good to be around those guys. Those will they'll elevate your thinking. That's, they're, they're that's good, for sure. They're good people. Like I, I was on the phone this morning with Landon. Yeah. I was talking about the co-op order. So we were trying, I was trying to get that figured out and like, you know, just a good dude, you know, just good, totally. good people. Great and, people. Yeah. I mean like just very accommodating, just, you know, looking to help. And I, I think those are great I people. Think- like Justin's the same way with me too, by the way. Like I have a couple like small contracts with them, like mm-hmm. ancillary. Same. And we, you know, we've done, we've done, we've done we've a couple apps on, I don't think there's anything I've contracted with them that we haven't written anything that I'm aware of, but uh-huh. like, it's nothing compared to like right. the amount of help he's given me just because totally just like in free advice and, you know, just help and absolutely. Big brother. Well, I, I guess I have a question for you. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of young, there's a lot, there's more older than there are younger, I'm sure in the insurance industry, but with you, like what advice would you give to someone who's 20, 21, 24 getting into the, the industry? Yeah. Um, I would say, cause, cause for me, when I got into that age, I I very much isolated myself mm. when I first came in because all the people that I knew in my life, you know, from high school, just people that I knew growing up, they weren't doing what I was doing. Sure. You know, like they were going to college, they were out partying, they were just out, you know, doing nothing really. And so for me, what I did was I isolated myself because I just, you know, they didn't have much in common with me. I didn't have much in common with them anymore. And so I think the main thing is to not isolate yourself. I think that's what, I, if, if I had to say one thing that I think the Facebook groups have brought to the, the table is there's a community of people you can tap into, mm-hmm. you know, like there are just, there are hundreds, if not maybe a thousand agents that I've gotten to know in the Facebook groups that like, if I saw them on the street, it'd be like, I saw an old friend, sure, you know, or like Makes a family sense. member. And it just, it, there, there's something about, getting around people or talking to people that know what you're going through. You know what I mean? That that can identify with like the struggles that you have, you know, like um, like an AA meeting. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I think that's really important though for a new agent. Like there's a million things. Right. But I think a lot of people probably fail out in the business because they get lonely. You know what I mean? It's kind of a lonely business when you don't have, when you're not building it with anybody else. Well, I'll piggyback off of that. So as an upline, and you, you'll understand this, I'm convinced that really the agents, don't, they don't need us for marketing. They don't need us for product support. They just need someone to talk to. Yes. Like, like that is probably 80 to 90% of my conversations with my agents is like, hey, I had a bad day. Hey, this, hey, this. They just need someone that, that gets it to talk to. So yeah. if you want to be an upline, if you're not already, just be good moral support and you'll build a big downline. Yeah. That's yeah. how it works. Seriously. Like be, be a therapist, be a therapist, your agents. It's so true. Many. Like, you know, if you right. just take that, that therapist like approach, all of a sudden, you know, like you'll be like, you have 200 agents ready, ready to contract with you. Like he, well, no he you. listens, he listens. And they're like, does Christian give you marketing support? Well, no, not really. What's but he that? listens. What's <laughs> that? Marketing support? No, I'm just kidding. What's I'm just kidding. Co-op? co-op? What is this? I just co-op. like talking to him. Yeah, he's just fun I, to talk to. Yeah. Him. But I think to, to kind of go off that whole question, I think um, new agents, especially now, they get so distracted by everything. Like, oh, 
I want to sell Medicare Advantage and MedSup and dental vision hearing and PDP and final expense and long-term care, short-term care. It's like pick one product, like sell that one product for at least a year. That's usually what I would tell someone like, hey, sell this and know it inside and out. And then after a year, if you want to do something different or add something to it, you know, then let's start looking around. Because I think too many new agents will get completely distracted by chasing way too many things at once. Um, you know, I'm all about cross-selling and cross-marketing. We've talked about that a ton here on the show. But I think, I think you know, that shiny, ob- chasing the shiny object, I think can be delusional for some of these new agents out there. Yeah, I think I, I'd agree with that. I think like Medicare is a complex thing to sell. For most people like, okay, so my, I just hired a video guy. So this today was his fourth day working here. (laughs) So he's still like very new, but I'm still trying to train him on just Medicare basics because he's going to be writing content for us. He's going to be making posts. I'm like, you got to have at least a a workable knowledge. So like he's 19. So he's sitting in here with me. I'm on the whiteboard. I'm drawing stuff out for him. And he's just, I'm looking at him and it's just like, there's emptiness in his eyes. Like, he's like, I'm like, do you understand what I'm saying? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, explain it back to me. He's like, uh. <laughs> like, like, that's, like, that's like me training new agents. That's, right. what, that's what I feel like. Right. Like, I, I don't like just talking to people and I'm like training somebody and I feel like it's just like that, you know, like I just want them to be able to retain it. I feel like if you're trying to sell Medicare, you got to master it before you really worry about this other stuff, you know, like if you see people like, okay, let's say, let's use Justin for an example, like Justin's office does annuities, they do ACA, they do, you know, life a little bit, they do Medicare and bunches, right? But to my knowledge, I don't think they were doing all of that, like from day one, I think that they were doing Medicare supplements for a a long time, and then they added to it. Well, that's, that's when you go back to the one product, like, I don't even think they were doing Advantage or PDPs, like, five, six years ago, like it was just MedSA. Then they started figuring out, oh, you can sell dental off the savings there. And it's like, oh, we should start doing PDPs, then MA, and you know, from there and there. But they focused on one product, like you said, Glenn, and I think they've done okay with it. Yeah, they've, 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 they've survived. <laughs> like, it's it's interesting because for us, you know, we when I started, I learned how to do just Medicare. Like the, that whole you know, world. I learned, I learned how to do PDPs. I learned MA and I learned MedSup and I didn't do a whole lot of cross selling until I was like two or three years in now, not saying I even should have waited that long. I should have probably learned it sooner, but to come right in as a new agent, it's kind of overwhelming. There's a lot to learn. And so, you know, I feel like it's just one of those things that you got to just take it one bite at a time. You know, how do you, how do you eat a whale one bite at a time? You're not going to take one giant bite of it kind of thing. Um, so I, I think for new agents, they try to do too much right off the bat. You know, I'm like, yep. just get really good at this first. Yeah. And sometimes I even fall into that, that trap a little bit. I'll be right. like, man, we got this Medicare thing. Oh, now I'm going to go sell IULs or something like right. that. And oh, yeah. but you just gotta, you know, hunker down. Like we're good at MA and that's just where we need to focus and stay there and just continue to scale and grow. Yeah. I mean, I, the, to me, the most interesting thing is like, from what I've observed from the agencies that I've, you know, been able to work with over the years, the ones that have seemed to do really well, like let's say they start off with Medicare and they're doing MA, right? 
they'll bring somebody into their office and that person's role is to sell the annuities or the life mm-hmm. or something like that. That way, that person that's really good at the MA doesn't have to, you know, deviate, yeah. deviate totally. from that. I, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, you know, we're bringing someone in to sell PNC, you know, like just bring other people and make that their role. Like when, when Chris Weir was here, he was really hammering that into me. Like, don't try to be wear every hat in your business, mm-hmm. you know, bring people into your business that can essentially take over certain roles. Right. And then you can focus on being the visionary totally yep. and driving the business. Have you I guys gonna... go ahead, Glenn. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say really, there's a the Steve Jobs quote where he talks about how he used to talk to um, Johnny Ives when they were in the design studio and he would ask Johnny Ives, he'd say, how many times have you said no today? And he was obsessed with it. He was obsessed with saying no, because the more you say no, the more you're focusing on that core objective, kind of like what we're talking about. And you have to say no. And just like just like you said, Matt, I mean, it's where we can be just as susceptible, sometimes even more, right? Because it's like the longer you're in the industry, the more opportunity you're able to actually see. And then all of a sudden you want to try to grab it all at once. And then you can literally just flatline. <laughs> I Trust me, I've been there. I've done it. I get it. Like, so yeah, I mean, sometimes saying no can be a really good thing. But, but what were you going to say, Matt? Yeah, so I, um, and you may not know where this is, Glenn, but yesterday I went, or Sunday I went to Moab. Yeah. So, so it's like a yeah. three and a half yeah. hour drive from Salt Lake City. Arches. And I was just looking, yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah. But I was looking Sweet. for a, a, a book to listen to, and um, I was up at Advisors Excel, if you guys are familiar. I know mm-hmm. you are, but mm-hmm. Glenn may not be. Yeah. Um, like, they're insane. Like, they have 700 staff, totally <sighs> systemized. Everything is down to a T. Like, they got it figured out. And I actually got to talk to the owner for like a, a little bit and he recommended a book called rocket fuel. Have you ever read it? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of it. I haven't so read it though. It's, yeah, it's I, I all about, Oh, very, very good book. So I actually finished it's three and a half hours. So was, I had seven hours in a car. So I actually ended up finishing it and it's all about, Hey, you're a visionary. Here's what you're good at. Here's what you're bad at. You need an integrator. You need someone who's, you see it out there. You see the vision. You need someone who's going to go implement it for you. Mm-hmm. I think it would be yeah. a good book for you. Um, it was a good book for me, at least, and a I good like book that. in general for business. But it, it was all about building teams and, you know, being a lot of us are visionaries. And it's how do we put the team in place to, right. to systemize everything. So just a good book recommendation. I've, I've, I've heard of I've heard it recommended from several people. I just need to go get it. Like, it's one of those books that like it's on. It's, sure. it's always on the forefront of my mind. I need to go get it. Like, I, I think I think Chris recommended the book to me, too. Chris Weir, when he was here, like he recommended to me several books and I was just like, oh, that sounds sick. That sounds sick. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I'm writing them down and everything. Like I've heard great things from a lot of people though about that book. You just, you just want to add those to your shelf, right? <laughs> just pretend so that you're Glenn, reading Glenn is convinced. So, so back in the, back in the studio room. <laughs> I saw I, all the yeah. Books, yeah. So Glenn is convinced that I haven't read any of them. <laughs> I'm convinced of that too. He's convinced. He's not, like, he's not really ready, yeah. he's convinced like Glenn's like, Glenn's like, Oh, more books for you to pretend that you read for your collection. <laughs> like no kidding. I used to actually do that. I would just, uh, really? I would get books just to look good <laughs> and put them on my bookshelf. But I'm, I'm more of a listener now. I, yeah. I, I listen to books. I don't really yeah, read sure. them too much now, but. I do. I do a mixture of both. What my my favorite thing to do when I'm reading a new book is I'll I'll try I'll actually read the book, like cover to cover. Then I will listen to the audiobook after that. 
because I feel like I get a lot more out of it. I don't know. Like, but it's, but the thing is like finding the time to do that with a book is hard these days. Like I just don't have nearly as much time as I used to. Um, but okay. I got a question for you. So 8% coming up in a couple weeks here. What is your most, what is the thing that you're the most excited about that you're looking forward to? Um, I think, you know, I don't know if it's one thing, but I do have 14 or 15 of my agents coming to it. Nice. So awesome. I'm more excited. Like I, you know, I, I know Cody and I I know some of the speakers there, so, um, it'll be great for me, but I'm more excited for them to see all that and be exposed to that. And I go to a lot of the events. So I, um, I get to network some, but I, I'm more excited about them meeting the people and, and getting out. Like we have our team calls and like we have some, we definitely have a, a good solid team, but I'm, I'm just excited for them to see maybe insurance on a bigger scale than just our team. Not that they haven't already, but, and to be honest, this is my first 8%. Me too. So, I, so I, haven't, me too. I haven't been to one. So I, Cody's been telling me some crazy things about it, um, but I'm just really excited for my people to, to experience it and see it and meet, meet you and every, everybody else that's there. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Like I think for me, this is my first 8% as well, but I'm just super excited to spend time with my agents that are going to, mm-hmm. like, I think we got about eight or nine that are going or something like that, that are, that are going to be there. And what's a bunch what's of them. Will be meeting them what do you, what are you speaking on in your breakout session, Christian? I'm talking about um, putting together a content marketing strategy. Ah. So how to, how to effectively connect all the dots, how to use different Feed channels. The and platforms and, yep. Feeding Feed the beast. But it's going to be different than for anybody that was at um, Medicare con. It's not going to be the same exact speech. It's going to be similar, but it's going to be a little different. It's going to be more about kind of connecting um, different channels to each other, how you can use them efficiently, smartly, have them help each other and, and that whole is there, jazz. Is there someone from Medicare conference that can verify this? That you're not just <laughs> copying and pasting. I, I want. <laughs> he was there. He was there. Matt's gonna have to keep you yeah. honest then. Okay. Matt's got to come to my my breakout and screw everybody else's. That's what I'm. I have to now. He's gonna have to. Yeah. So I I saw today that um that, so we were talking earlier, but like base is gonna be there. Mm-hmm. I Danielle's going to be there. Thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Sh- I shared it because I was like, wow. Um, uh, Dante Cantu is going to be there, who's one of my favorite people ever. Yeah. Like, he's just amazing. Um, of course, Galen's going to be there. Taylor looks like he's going to be there. Like, that's that's a tr- that's a powerhouse right there. Totally. Like, you want to talk about people that are doing big things or have done big things in the industry. Like, that's that's the lineup right there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited crazy. for that. Totally, totally killer. Have you... Glenn, have you met Robert Bash or I'm sure you know, met? Yeah, I've had the opportunity. We we talked to him here on the show last year, and then I've had a chance to talk to him individually. I actually worked with him several years ago as a client oh, no before, yeah, before any of this. But um, unfortunately, I haven't had the chance to meet him in person. It sounds like Christian might even get to meet him this coming weekend mm-hmm. uh, while he's in Florida, which I'm very jealous about. He <laughs> is just. Um, I guess like the thing that shocks me about Medicare Bob, for those of you who don't know who Robert Bache is, Medicare Bob, um, he's just very open with with how his business runs. And a lot of people are, you know, they'll throw a wall up and they don't want to necessarily tell you like, hey, this is exactly what I'm doing. This is how I do it. And like he's always from day one, anytime I've talked to him, he's always been just an open book. 
And I just think that's amazing to, to have someone like him in his position and just be like, hey, this is what I do. This is how I do it. And I think we need more agents like that out there. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I had a situation like four or five months ago that like I just was I, I had a very difficult decision to make here in the office. And I wasn't sure what the right decision to make was. So I, I hit him up and he's like, it was like on a Saturday. I just sent him a DM. I'm like, or I might text him. I'm like, bro, I'm like, can I ask, can I pick your brain on something? Hits me right back up. He's like, he's like, yeah, call me. I'm like, okay. So I call him and he's on the phone with me for like 45 minutes. And he's just dropping like bomb after bomb after bomb. Like, I'm just like, at first, like the first couple of things he said, I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, what? I'm like, what did you just say? I was like, um, like he is, definitely you know the, 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 the real deal you know and he's just a very very just down-to-earth cool person i had a question yeah. matt um based on your business model so are you guys when, when you mentioned brick and mortar so is that more of like a location for the agents to come into are you really having prospects come into your office are you doing face-to-face are you selling over the phone seminar i'm just kind of curious to know more about your business yeah, so on a on a personal basis, I would say of the sales I make right now, um, probably eighty five percent of them are coming into my office to meet with me, which is ideal, right? Like that's that's yeah. great. Um, I I really need to get to a point where like all my sales are telephonic because I am I'm traveling a lot to help agents. I'm sure. I'm just very busy. So the the in person appointment is great. Like it's very profitable, high retention off of it. I just, um, you know, th- those appointments a lot of times go an hour and a half and I just, I need right. it, the sales cycle just needs to be shorter on that. So I'm looking to go a little bit more virtual. Um, there was a point in COVID where I was just selling a lot of med subs over the phone, but with that going away, we got, you know, back into seminars and that type of marketing, but on, on a downline basis, I don't, other than I have some final expense agents specifically, but all my Medicare guys, they're all face to face. So I have no telephonic Medicare um, and then I, I have a final expense agency in Florida. They're all, all face-to-face. And then I have like five final expense telesales guys. So that's, that's interesting because Chris and I did this big conversation previously about brick and mortar versus like the call center. center. Model. Yeah. Yeah. So you, it sounds, yeah. It sounds like you've kind of dabbled in both at this point. But it sounds like you're you're wanting to kind of move away from some some of that. So like if you're going to scale your agency, right? Are you looking at scaling it telephonically? Like that's the direction you want to go? Or are you just saying your own personal sales you'd want to sell more over the phone, but your agency sales you'd still want to scale it where you'd want to, you know, funnel prospects into your office location? You you got it. So so my personal sales, I I'll probably be at a point after AEP where I just probably need to get out of the field unless it's just like a hot referral or something like that. Right. Um, so I'll probably just take myself out of personal production at that point. But yeah, the from an agency in both downline model, that's the scalability there is through the phone. So that yeah. so in house it would be on the phone, and then we're the downlines, man, they're doing so well face to face. I just, I don't see us doing anything different than that, but th- things change all the time. Another COVID right. can come by tomorrow and we go sure. full sales. So never say never, but um, downline will probably continue to be face to face for the foreseeable future. Yeah. yeah I think it's, be prepared. It, it's one of those things we're like, cause, cause with us, you know, we've, we're at the point now where we're, we're probably about 70 to 80 agents now. Mm-hmm. And like, 
I was talking to one the other day that's just doing really, really well face to face, you know, and she was like, she was like, I keep hearing all these people say that I should be selling over the phone. She's like, do you, do you think I should just stop what I'm doing and try to sell over the phone? And I was like, well, I hate to tell you to change right. anything. I'm like, yeah, you don't, don't fix it if it's not broken. Yeah, you that's know? the thing, you know, like, yeah. I feel like there, that there's such a thing that we're like, if you're killing it, why change, you know? Well, and there's just this like fallacy out there, in my opinion, like telesales is like the sexy thing, right? And I know, Glenn, mm-hmm. you're obviously a telesales, you have a, a call center, so right. you're obviously biased towards that, which That's is great, right. um, yeah. but- You can't be trusted. I agree, you can't be trusted. <laughs> um, I'm too biased. There, there's no. just this like, oh, like, you know, if you're not selling over, like you go to houses still, like that sort of thing. When in reality, like a lot of times those- in-home salespeople like are generally netting more income than the telesales person. Not always, but yeah, it definitely could be. Yeah. I mean, I try to stress this with anybody I talk to is I'm like, listen, like what works for this one agent and they're crushing it. You could try to replicate that same model and you could fall on your face and just doesn't work for you. So I'm definitely biased towards call centers and telesales and selling over the phone, selling online. Like, I love it. I would definitely push people towards that. But at the end of the day, you're a face-to-face agent and you can make a half a million dollars a year writing face-to-face. Don't stop doing it just because telesales looks sexy. I, I couldn't agree more. So, so the thing is, I mean, Glenn is such a believer in the virtual and doing things digitally that he won't, he's not coming to 8%. I'm just going to carry around a laptop <laughs> and he's going to be on it and because he won't, he won't, he won't physically come there because he's, he's, he's too I digital. This only digital. here. <laughs> he's too digital for that. He's too virtual. <laughs> no, I'm hoping, then, I'm hoping to catch next year's 8%. You guys will have to go um, get your first experience out of the way. And then you guys can be my ambassadors next year. Dude, I'm, 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 I was so upset with you when you said you weren't going. I was like crushed because <laughs> we were going to do an in-person Taco Tuesday. And then like all my hopes and dreams just shattered. Hey, right that's still going to happen. That's still going to happen. We are going to do in like, that. In like 10 years when I'm 40. 20, 2042. You, you know, I have, <laughs> well, I have a couple. Of, I'm actually moving. Um, so that's, that's one of the biggest things I've got going on right now. Um, but And then uh, my son is less than one years old so just a lot of extra work at home that that i'm still dealing with so next year though i'm feeling i'm feeling good about the possibility i'd love to go to a lot of these guys i'd love to go to to the next medicare conference and um i mean there's it seems like there's more and more kind it seems like every time i open social media it's like another conference that didn't exist has been created so yeah so i would love to I got, I got a good, I got a good question for you. Okay. All right. So Matt Temin, 24 years old, 80 agents, 90, something like that. Um, And I, I think, I think you told me before, like on a clubhouse that like, that's just the ones that are producing, right? You have a lot more that like are under contract. Yeah. I just don't, don't count up. Like they, they, yeah, it's just not worth looking into. Right. For sure. But, but so Talk about recruiting for a second. Like if there's somebody out there that's that that's what that's the business model they want to build to where it's like build a big downline. Maybe, you know, they aspire to be an FMO. Sure. Right. Talk about recruiting for a second. Like what has made you so effective? Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of agents out there who are just not getting the support that they need. And so 
I always thought that recruiting was just like you would either get them now or you would never get them, right? Like if they didn't want to move their contracts now or maybe it was a new agent, like you would just, okay, like next, like kind of mm-hmm. like a final expense sale, just kind of it was what it was. But what I what I found is that generally speaking, if someone comes to me and they need help with something, so like the agent here, he wanted to learn about seminars. He also didn't initially want to move his contracts. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'll teach you some stuff. Well, he starts asking me questions. And I'm like, no, normally you just wouldn't want to take the time to answer those questions, but I knew there was some potential there. So I, I continued to help. I mean, this was like a three, four month process. And then his FMO where he was messed something up and guess who he's looking for. He, mm-hmm. So he moves his stuff to me. So recruiting, like it's, it's a drip. It's always a drip on, especially on current agents. Cause nobody just is like, yeah, I'll move my contracts like instantly. It just doesn't happen like that. It's a constant drip and you have to add value. So if, if you're, if you want to build an agency, you want to build an FMO, it's like, what's your value to the marketplace, right? Like what, what, is, what can you, what can they not get anywhere else other than you? And so what I did is I brought, I brought all the marketing in, in house so we generate all the leads for all my agents. We do $7 Facebook leads. I, I have a seminar <laughs> system. So like all my agents buy leads. They don't buy leads from vendors. They buy them from me. Sorry, Glenn. I'm sorry. Man. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, Cancel the whole show. show. It's over. Cancel culture. <laughs> Turn the show off. Cancel culture. Get him out of here. done. <laughs> so so we, we do that. And so like I'm, I'm staying up to like all night putting ads yeah. together and all that stuff and oh, yeah. doing zaps to Google sheets because I care about my agent's profitability. Like it, it was, it's one thing to say, Hey, go, go do a lead drop, go buy Glenn's telemarketed leads again. I'm not, they're great, <laughs> no, 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 no. but I'm just you're saying, good. Good. Yeah. it's yeah, like, I, I wanted my agents to have real net income. And so mm-hmm. on the life side, that wasn't happening. It really like the issue paid leaderboard looked good, but after leads and gas and all that stuff, like there wasn't real net income. And so I, right. I was like, how, because where do agents struggle? It's marketing and then appointment setting generally for face-to-face agents. Yep. And so I was like, how can we take that all pretty much in-house? And so the next step in that is actually bringing on in-house appointment setters that would just be at cost to the agent. So that would be roughly about $12 per set appointment. Um, and then I am just there for my agents, like all the time. Like my agents will be like, holy cow, like you call me so quickly. Like my agents will send me a text, like, can you help with something? Bam, on the phone. So I'm always there for my agents. I figured out how to get them in front of more people with less money. And then I'm, you know, I know my stuff. I like so, it. I mean, there's there's a lot of value there. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're an agent, like I can tell you around here, I don't want to say any names. I'm not going to pick on anybody here, but like there's the big FMO. It's a cereal. There's the big, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's the big FMO here, right? There's another, there, there's a couple of other smaller sized groups, you know, that like they probably have three, four, 500 agents here locally. Mm-hmm. They do a lot here. And then there's probably like us and a couple of other groups and things like that. Stonehill is downtown. They're, they're, they do a good job. Um, but like those big groups like that, that value isn't there. I agree. You know what I mean? Like that value just isn't there. Like there's an agent um, that's that that works with us here locally before you came, like an hour before you came. He he calls me up and I pick up, you know, right. just pick up, answer the question. Like I'm trying if I'm able to pick up, I will. And um, I think that there's you know, I feel like if you do a good job for people, if you work hard for people, if you if you provide the value that they're not getting elsewhere, not only will they be more successful, which if they're successful. We're all successful. Um but they'll also be comparing it to the experiences they had with their prior home. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Well, and, and I'll yeah. expand off of that. So like I, on the life side, we always preach spend a thousand bucks a week on leads. Right. Mm-hmm. And so at the time we were running like final expense or even like mortgage protection leads that are like 70 bucks. So really a thousand dollars doesn't get you that they're good leads, but they, you just don't get that many. Then we went over to the Medicare side. Well, direct mail, like LAS mail, that's like 25 bucks generally, depending on return rates and stuff. So I was like, guys, we're going to do this Facebook thing, continue to spend the thousand bucks, but just get two and a half times more leads. What does that mean? Two and a half times more sits, two and a half times more sales. So Mm -hmm. spend the same amount of money, get two and a half times the leads and make two and a half times more sales. And who likes that? This guy, Mm -hmm. this guy likes that. (laughs) It works well. No, I, I, I think that's awesome. I mean, there's an incredible amount of agents out there who have never talked to their upline, who never hear from their upline, who don't get any type of marketing support or direction at all from their upline. I mean, I would say at Lead Heroes, there's probably at least one call a week, if not more, where an agent is literally like, hey, haven't heard anything from my upline. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, can you please get so like anybody who will take the time to do what you talk about doing and like getting in front of agents like, you're the type of person that I want to promote because again, there's the majority of uplines don't provide value to their agents. And what happens when that, when that happens? Well, that agent is probably going to fail out of the industry and we and need get a, a bad review on Glenn's yeah. FMO, on Glenn's FMO <laughs> list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. But that's, but like that's the goal should be and just like 8% it kind of ties 8% nation back into this too is like, how do we keep more agents on? And we, and even if it seems like there's a, an abundance of agents, there's not in the direction, like we talked about again at the beginning, most agents are 50, 55. That's the average insurance agent. So 10 years yep. from now, when they're all retiring, there's gonna be many more seniors who need help and that many less agents to help them. And so it really comes down to people like you, Matt, who can provide value and training and keep agents you know, in the industry. So uh, yeah, I think that's awesome. And I love what you're talking about with, with the more sits because you really, sometimes you gotta be creative. If the same marketing, you know, like you mentioned with mortgage protection, I worked mortgage protection for years. I totally get that, that whole market. And it's, it can be a zoo, it can be a circus. So, you know, kind of trying to backdoor some of the life sales from the Medicare side, I think that's great. So what is the ultimate goal for Matt Temin? Like what is, what, where, what is the, if, if you maybe just like picture yourself, let's say 10 years out. Yeah. So, so I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot and like these numbers like might just sound out of this world, but I, I was, I was listening to that rocket fuel book and I'm like, man, like where would, where do I want my revenue target? And I'm like 10 million bucks, you know, 10 million bucks a year. Like, and how do I get there? Well, I figured out it's probably going to take about 30 and how it, I, it would essentially turn into like a full FMO. Mm-hmm. So it would, it would take about, you know, 800 um, agents and then, yeah, about 800 producing agents to, to get there and a staff of about 30 people, just all agent support. And then potentially even doing like a, a local LOA office, reduce sales that way. Um, but that's, that's what it would take. And it's like, how do you get there? Well, um, we'll figure that out, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, we're doing some stuff on YouTube with recruiting and, con- you know, another thing about recruiting is, and <laughs> there's nobody better to talk about it than this guy, but the more places that you can get yourself out there, the easier it is to recruit. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, there's no question about that. So right. any podcast, any platform, any channel that I get offered to be on, 
I'm flying. I'm flying to get there. Not always. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. But in this case, it works. We'll see out. you next week. It we'll see out. you next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the more you can get exposure and get your like, what if Cody Askins tomorrow started recruiting? How many people could he recruit? A ton. Yeah. I mean, ten thousand easy. So sure. um, the more you can get yourself out there, the more people know you. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how is how easy is it for Justin to recruit? Super easy because a lot of people know him. Mm-hmm. So that's super important. Yeah, I love that. I think it's, you know, it's, 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 it's familiarity, right? Like how, how much, because in, in my opinion, I think there's a true psychology to it because people do business with people they like, know, and trust. We've all heard this a million times over the years, but the more they see you, the more they identify you with a certain topic, right? Whether it's on, they, they watch your videos on YouTube, they listen to a podcast, they read a book that you put out an ebook, what um, they see, they see, me post 12 times a day in my Facebook group right. <laughs> and drive people nuts. I had some literally the other day. They're like, they're like, I'm tired of all your posts. Every time I get on, there you are. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you can leave. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm like, I win. Yeah. I win. Me. That's my response. I'm like, Lock I just, me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you're in the group. Remove your, like there, there's been people they are like, remove me from the group. I'm like, you're too lazy to remove yourself. Yeah, dude, yeah. Oh man, dude. I've gotten those, those agents that I've emailed. They're like, unsubscribe me from your list. I'm like, the <laughs> right freaking there, dude. Like, an unsubscribe the here yeah. button literally it's on so the email. Fun. That's hilarious. Oh, so what, one thing I wanted to touch on, cause you mentioned that, you know, you guys are doing the YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think your content is fantastic, by the doing way. Doing a poor job of YouTube, by the way, but we're trying. Well, the, vid- the, well, the videos I've watched, like mm-hmm. they're very high quality. The, the, the thumbnails are on point. Like they're they're eye catching. Like everything just and the content is great. The message is so good. Like if you're not subscribed to Matt's YouTube channel, guys, you should go check it out because I think it's really good. One thing I noticed is in Memphis because you guys are doing the interviews in Memphis, right? Mm-hmm. So. This guy, you know, asked me, he's like, you want to do a video? I'm like, sure. So he's like, all right, come up to my room and we'll do a video together. I come, come up, up there. I come up to my room and he's naked. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's, there's, there's like a full team of there's like a production the team. There's like a full like production team in there. I was like, I was surprised. I was like, whoa. I'm like, there's a lot of people in here. There's like. There's somebody handling this camera. There's someone handling that camera from this angle. I'm like, I feel like an amateur right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but I, I just, so the content stuff, that was just another recruit. Like the intention behind that was just to recruit. And so I'm thinking right. like, you know, what budget would I put into recruiting? And I just put that budget into the production team behind that. And that man, like you get a lot, I'm sure you do get a ton, but you get some, Never stops. you get some good agents from that content stuff. It's been awesome. Yeah. I think like for me, um, who was I talking to? I, I, it escapes me, but I was talking to somebody in the industry the other day. That's like a very old school recruiter, right? Like it's somebody that flies around to different parts of the country. They, they'll rent out rooms and hotels, do recruiting events. Like they're mm. just doing it super old school. Yeah. They really have no online presence. And they were talking to me on the phone. Um, they paid me for, um, that's awesome. They paid me to do like some coaching with them. And so I was coaching them on how they can not have to work so hard right. to recruit. And he was like, so how do you get your agents? I want to know everything. I'm like, my eight, you want to know how I get my agents? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, first of all, I'm like, I would, I would, I, the age I've never recruited an agent. Right. Like I cannot say I've ever recruited an agent. I've had people approach me wanting to work with me. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, people, how is that even possible? Beat my door down looking for me. And he's like, 
Like he just was, he, this guy's like average age agent, like 53, I think mm-hmm. is what he was. And he was having such a hard time wrapping his head around that. The only reason I'm talking about it is because I'm confident he won't see this because he's not on social media. Sure. Um, <laughs> but, but like, I'm explaining this to him and he's like, so you, 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 you do your presentations and your trainings on video and put on the internet and people just hit you up. I'm like, that's a very oversimplified way of explaining it. He could not, he, and this, this guy has like 300 agents, 400 agents, but he's been at it for 20 years. Yeah. And he's been at it, the recruiting for 20 years. And I'm, and I'm just like, I'm like, you're, you don't have to do all this. You don't have to work this hard. Well, and I, I think really on the, like, you know, the spreads on a Medicare Advantage, like you don't need 10,000 agents to make like big, big money. Like no. if you could realistically, <clears throat> if you did, if you had 25 really, really solid agents, writing agents, you could make a million bucks a year off 25 agents. Maybe not the first year, but with renewals off of that mm-hmm. and stuff, like you could make a million bucks of residual off of that. So it's for me, it's not, it's never about, Hey, how many agents do I have? It's how many agents do I have that actually write? Like, right. cause that, that's all that really matters, which I love that unless too. you're just trying to hit, like, you know, some of the MA carriers have certain thresholds when it comes to ready to sell agents. That's one thing, but really when it comes down to it, it's just about who sells plans. That's right. all it is. I, it's apps. I think, right. It's apps. It's yeah. I, I think, I think that's like the biggest opportunity in in the space is that agencies, the LOA agency size of 10 to 20, like you, you get some agents who are writing for you, building a book of business for you. You're paying them really well. I mean, again, this kind of goes back to Medicare, Bob. I mean, he had a very similar model. That model is kind of everywhere. But the point is, is you don't need a hundred agents um, in an office or a hundred downline agents to make a bunch of money. And I think that is kind of a misconception that a lot of people share where it's like, I need to have, you know, well, so-and-so has 10,000 agents. And if I don't get to 10,000 agents, I'm never going to make that type of money. So I love, I love that you said that because I totally agree. I was, I, I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, they were recruited into an agent, an FMO. And I won't say the name, but the FMO was like bragging. They had 5,000 agents. Right. And when they really got into it, like they would do these like, calls you know mm-hmm. like they do these like weekly like calls and everything like that and there would be like five to ten agents mm-hmm. on the calls <laughs> yeah. and they and get on the calls and they'd be like what the fuck is going on you know they're like, what they're like, they're like five thousand agents like you think there'd be a couple hundred on oh, at least or something yeah. like that like right some of these some of these really big fmos what people don't realize they feel like they might have a ginormous number of ready to sell agents, but the amount of agents that actually write one app over the course of the year, there's a good chance there's 70% of their agents don't even write one app. Totally. hundred like, percent. I would, I would even expand off of that. I, uh, and this, this would be tough, but I was even thinking about like having like myself and you could do this as well. It's like, if you, if you don't hit it, it's kind of like a quota for your downlines. Like if you don't do this, like I'm not picking up the phone. Like, right. like if you don't write at least, you know, 10 MAs a month or whatever it might be, or right. you know, $5,000 of final expense, whatever it is, like, I'm not, we're, we're not, this is, this is not going to work. You need to go work with someone else. That way you're only working with the, like you, for me, the way I see the agent upline relationship, it's like, you got to provide the wood and the fire and I'll put the gasoline, but I can't do it all for you. Yeah. You so can't, you got to yeah, have the foundation sell for them. 
Yeah, it defeats right. the totally. purpose. Totally. Like when Glenn starts his FMO, he's going to dial for them. He's gonna. He's oh, gonna, okay. gonna get. Red, just, Dude, I'll join. He's gonna do the pitches. He's gonna close, and then when it's time to take the application, he's gonna be like, "All right, I'm gonna hand you to my assistant." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just say your agent number and your name, and get the application accredited to you. And oh my gosh, get him a trophy, guys! Oh, yeah. When they're done with that application, yeah. hand them back. We're gonna do some cross selling, <laughs> and the phone oh, back. <laughs> By the way, Mr. Johnson, do you like some dental vision hearing? I'll make like a dollar or two yeah. off of override, but totally. But yeah, I, I, I think, I think that's a very good point. I feel like I've, 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 you probably have, have seen this too. Like, there's, I'll see a lot of agents that will complain about their uplines. They're like, they won't get it back to me. They won't answer the phone. Now, some of that is right. They, they, they should probably you have somebody reach out whether it's like an mm-hmm. admin person or something like that. But like there's, there's some understanding there. If maybe you've been contracted with them for 24 months, you've never written a piece of business. You know what I mean? Like from the FMO side of things, you're costing them money, right? You know, you're not benefiting them. Like I'm not, it's, it's a, it's a complex issue. I feel like it's not something that's like, easily fixed you know it's like world hunger or something like that like what like what what is the answer to a situation like that but i see and i'm not saying that the fmo is necessarily in the right for not returning the phone call but i can see where they're coming from because their time is really valuable so i i agree with you i think we see things the same way there like it's got to be a mutual relationship between the up like there's got to be effort on both ends but I also think that a lot of FMOs are just trying to contract you and then there's no system, no value after that. Right. Right. So like I had an agent, she turned, like, I did not think this was going to, this was going to happen. She wrote four plans in AEP four, the whole thing, not for a day, but four total. <laughs> and now uh, somehow like she, I don't even take, want to take the credit for this, but now she's writing like 25 a month with wow. me. That's and it, it's like, wow. Was it the who, whose fault was it? Well, it was probably the agent's fault a little bit, but maybe there just wasn't a system or there wasn't support. There's no guidance. Cause like she, to be honest, like she's a very self-sufficient agent. She does her own ads and everything. She just calls me if she needs help. And like, it's like, maybe she just needed someone to pick up the phone for her that she, she just couldn't get it elsewhere. And it's crazy. Yeah, sure. It's crazy. Like we can make money off just picking up the phone. How cool right. is that? Right. For sure. Like I've, I've had agents too, that were like, you know, Medicare will be like a side thing for them. Maybe they do PNC or they do yep. ACA or something like that. But Medicare is like a side focus, but they can still write, you know, five to 10 a month just off of referrals. The guy that um, is up here, he's, he owns a farmer's agency and he's, he's writing 15 ish all, all true up because they're all T65. So yeah, this time of year for sure. Like that. And, and that's exact. That's a prime example, you know, like they were with an FMO before they weren't getting the training. Like they, some of these guys, they just need you to, to answer the phone and walk them through how to do a DSNEP or how totally. to do a Medicaid verification or how to do, you know, how, you know, what, what this guy's got, you know, COPD is their med sub I can do, or this person's moving from out of state and they're losing their plan. What med sub can I do guaranteed issue? Like they just need like situational things. Right. Little, like, it's not like it's 25 hours of zoom calls. It's just, they need just like a question answered here or there. And that can be the difference of them writing zero or two or three in the over six months to writing 10 a month or more. Totally. Totally. I mean, when I started in the business, I, we like 
flipped hard from final expense to Medicare. So I didn't, I didn't have an upline to teach me Medicare. And I was going in, going into these houses, selling Medicare Advantage, no, no Sunfire, no Connecture. Like I didn't even know, I didn't know anything. So I like went 0 for 25, my first 25 Medicare sits. Not that I couldn't sell. It was just that like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. So I I feel like a lot of agents in specifically Medicare Advantage, because it's a little bit more to that sale that they might feel like that. And if I could just be the guidance for those first 25 and they would actually make sales in those first 25 appointments, it's like, then we have something to build off of. But if you go over 25, most people would just quit right. after that. For sure. So for sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, I it, it, it makes a lot of in, sense. I think we need to check them into an institution because that's pure insanity that you didn't quit after <laughs> over 25. <laughs> it was like, bang, 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 every appointment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, so man, that's that's this whole industry in a nutshell for sure. That that's as much PTSD as like going to war and coming back, you know, like like, like, we still see it at night. (laughs) But no, like there's a lot of agents that I'm sure can you know that that have been through a lot of that because they probably didn't have any training at the beginning. Like if you don't know the ins and outs of Medicare, like you're going to be lost. It's like not a simple sale. I know the feeling and I, I've been there. So I just yeah. try to try to support. I mean, like I would plug drugs into Medicare.gov and maybe I got the dosages wrong or something like that. Yeah. And the annual cost would be like $70,000. Yeah, and I'm like, Mary, I'm going to have to come back. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You're like, you put the screen around you, but like, how does this look? How does this look for you? You look right. <laughs> oh, I'm paying, you know, 60, 70 bucks a month. Well, how's this look? Yeah. <laughs> um, how about seven, eight grand a month? Right, right, right. How do you feel about no benefit changes but paying a hundred times more? It's like it's weird. Nobody said yes to that. I don't. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what to do. I don't know. <laughs> well, you have to take a. You have to take an assumptive close, right? right? You have to be like, all right, Mary, you can. Um, would you like? Would you like that to be Visa or Mastercard? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, but you know, someone's got to pay those 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 drug copays. Right. right. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, I mean. Well, I want to be respectful of everybody's time. Um, we got to go get dinner after this. Right. So I wanted to see if there was any final thoughts. Um, Mr. Shelton, I wanted to start with you. Any final thoughts yeah. on this um, beautiful Taco Tuesday episode? I know. This was super fun and super fun to chat with you, Matt. I appreciate you stopping by and, and jumping in with us today. Um, you know, final thoughts. I don't know. This was this was uh, kind of an off-the-cut off the cusp episode, but there's a lot of stuff I really liked that we talked about. I loved, um, you know, I can't tell you how many agents complain to me after they go like, Oh, for three or Oh, for five. So to hear you specifically mention that here at the end, that definitely stands out. I mean, I definitely had days where as a final expense agent, I would stack my calendar 12 deep and I would come home with nothing, you know, and you, you feel so good going out into the field that day. You're like, 12 appointments, something's going to happen. Someone's going to, you know, like there's no way I can miss all of these. So it definitely can happen. And like the, the reverse can happen too, right? You could go 12 for 12. So um, I, I love the, the determination, Matt. I feel like you're an up and comer in the industry. Everyone needs to keep an eye on you because I think you're doing big things. So again, appreciate, appreciate your time it. and yeah, yeah, appreciate you sharing your experience. 
Well, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. So where can people find you? Where's the best place for people to find you? Uh, probably just texting me. So my, my number is 573-418-9806. I, I do have the YouTube channel, so a lot of people will comment on there. So you can do that. And then Facebook, just Matt Temin on on there. So Awesome. Any I, final thoughts? I don't think we've had anyone just drop their cell number like that. Dude, yeah. Man, I'm always hey. after my people, man. Call them at 3 a.m. Call me yeah, right I now. Will. Yeah, call, call me. Show. Call me right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, any, any final thoughts you want to yeah, leave with um, with any agents? that? Um, well, to- if you're a new agent, um, I am just so convinced that insurance – is just the best industry out there. I mean, there's real estate, they're selling mortgages, there's, they're selling cars, they're selling a lot of things. Um, but the way I see it is there's no, if, especially if you're young, I mean, even if you're older, it doesn't matter, but you can sell something one time and get paid over and over and over again, or you can have other people sell that thing one time and get, you get paid over and over and over again. So if, if you're, if you're struggling, if it's not going great, just know that in my opinion, there's not a better industry out there. Just go do what I did. Go, go for 25, figure it out. And uh, you, whatever you want in life, you can get it. I love it. I love it. Christian, um, final thoughts. Yes. My, my, my final thoughts guys would be like, I mean, if I, I, to, to me, the biggest thing that I come back to, cause I know what it's like to be a really young person in the industry. Like, and I would say just understand what's possible. I feel like for me, I didn't really understand what was possible when I first started. Yeah. Like I thought that my ceiling would be making like, you know, a couple hundred grand a year and that'd sure. be the most I could do. Cause that's what I was told when I first started. Like, that's probably the best you're going to be able to do. Like this business has a, a ceiling. That's what I was told. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't, I was enthusiastic about that, but I wasn't nearly as enthusiastic as I probably would have been if, if I was, someone told me like, you know, Hey, you can be 24 years old and you can accomplish what you've accomplished, you know, like, and so, I mean, I just look at you and you're like, you're so far ahead of me where when, when I was 24 and if anybody yeah. watches this, like just, understand that your age is not a detriment whatsoever. I feel like there's this, there's, it's, it's very easy to convince yourself that people don't take you seriously when you're a really young person in the business. Um, but it's just complete bull. It's a totally. And like it, it, you just got to get out of your own way. Right. 100%. And just understand what's possible. That's the, that would be my final thoughts. Love it. Yeah, I totally agree. I had the same thing. I came in early twenties. And I, that was a big thing for me as I felt like nobody took me seriously because I was so young. So, yeah, hats off to you, Matt. You're crushing it. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for watching. We'll be back next Tuesday, um, assuming I don't get stuck in Florida from all those tropical storms, you know. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching, guys. Goodbye, Taco Tuesday Army.